Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Hello, hello, listener. Welcome to this Foot Weekly Gameplay Podcast. It's week 26, and on this pod, we're going to be talking tactics and gameplay philosophies. I'm joined, as I so often am, by foot legend, Air Japes FIFA. Hello, Japes. How are we? Hello, Ben. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm thinking about venturing into, or, well, will have ventured into uh, Weekend League for the first time in a long time mm. this weekend using my little 3412. So excited to. See how it matches up. I played a couple matches before the pod. Three quick rage quits. So, nice. you know, it will get harder. It will get more difficult. But yeah. so far, so good. And this is still on the relatively fresh, although not so fresh anymore, uh, Xbox account. So that should be interesting. That's right. And uh, we'll talk about some players you've got in that team in a sec. We also have with us Neil Guides, of course, gameplay expert. How are we, Neil? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me on again. Uh, it's good to have you. And we also have top NA player, Hubert. Hello. Welcome. Thanks for having me again. Exciting times with Foot Birthday and Ben Birthday. So, you know, oh, lots yeah. <laughs> going on in the FIFA community. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, we will start off with some content that we did talk about on that podcast that came out around my birthday. And it is Icon Moments because I know, Hugh, you've been using one particular Icon Moment you wanted to do a bit of a review on that we did, I think, briefly mention on that pod. Yeah, I've been using the Icon Moments Schweinsteiger, um, newly released last week. Um, Still pretty expensive, sitting around 2 million coins on Xbox, but I'm sure he'll come down over time. But just really great all-around box-to-box midfielder. Starts off as a right mid, but I was position-changing him into CM next to the birthday Tony Cruz. So good little combination there. Just really aggressive, good at everything. I was using him with a shadow. Reminded me a bit of like a Renato or a Goretzka-type player, um, but just really good all-around. Definitely couldn't go wrong with him. I'm sure um, once the price comes down, he'll be 
a bit more justifiable, but it has some pretty nice links as well. I guess it's quite nice as well because at right mid, there aren't a host of really good options, right? So using that spot for him and then having a left winger on full chem probably works quite well. Yeah, it reminds me a bit of that Gozen's card, was it Rule Breakers? Like the one that a lot of people played as like a box-to-box or even like a CDM. Mm. Um, except he's just like a lot better and obviously an icon so much easier to link but yeah there's not a ton of great right wings in general either attacking or otherwise so other than like your messies and some of those other ones there's not a ton so it's a a nice little link to have Mm. and it's funny because i know japes you're scrabbling around for midfielders aren't you you're saying you're having trouble with your current midfield setup in uh, the elite division which you've now reached well i have goal yorente and i've recently uh, upgraded from gold Valverde to freeze Valverde, but I'm not sure the improvement in game is worth the price difference on him at the moment. And to go up to like truly, I guess, elite feeling La Liga midfielders, it's your Tony Cruz and Luka Modric type cards. Mm. And that is well out of my price range at the moment. So, you know, Ben, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do about it. I'm going to just pray to the FIFA gods that they'll release some reasonable card like the pound-for-pound powerhouse Ruben Vezo, who is amazing. I just want to reiterate, for 25K, you are getting Team of the Year nominee Koundé-level performance easily, and that card is like 300K more than him. So, And you're using both, right? So you'd know. I am using both. And I I use Vezo in the middle of my three-back because he's such a rock. He does look amazing. I mean, that agility balance. Yeah. I mean, the real question that you want to know, Ben, is have I done a rainbow flick over Killing Mbappe? Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the answer to that is no. But if you ask me if I'd done a sombrero flick over him multiple times, the answer to that is, oh, absolutely, yes. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main thing we wanted. Yeah. I, I feel like I just, from past experience, having a five-star skill player at centre-back is just not a good idea for me. The amount oh, of been, goals I've conceded. I've definitely conceded yeah. because of it. But <laughs> was it worth it? Well, yeah, exactly. I think so. And actually, talking of five-star skillers, but the right end of the pitch, I was going to mention Charisma and Fakir because Fakir, I used him a lot last cycle, the team of the year, honourable mentions, yeah, before he became a meta through that SBC and uh, loved him. He was fantastic for me and ended up packing the foot birthday at the end of the packs I had saved and he uh, went into my team for finals and was eventually amazing. I had a little trouble finding the right chem style, but actually Hunter, I think, does work best because his sprint speed is a little low and even though you lose some boost because his acceleration is really high, I think having that sprint speed is really important as an out-and-out striker, especially with how pacey centre-backs are. Um, But yeah, loved him. Uh, His nippiness and his ability to hold off players is just outstanding and uh, it kind of reminds me of Eusebio actually but with the five star skills four star weak foot a similar kind of aggressive style I really liked him a lot and charisma I mean it's just a no-brainer it's just a really really good winger and so cheap as well and someone that is going to be a lot of fun to use the five star five star is fantastic um, can shoot from distance really nicely which is a lot of fun and just someone that is a foot legend but for good reason because his stats, body type, and profile just always seem to mesh together really nicely um, to make for a really good winger. Neil, um, anyone you would like to review? Uh, one player that I've been using is Tommy Asu. Ah, okay, yeah. So he's got two two variations. He's got um, I personally use both, um, but the centre back variation is really really good. Bit of the pricey end, I will say. If you haven't got the money, I would say just go for the right backs, half the price. But it's the combination of the low high work rates to the centre back 
and really good defending and physical stats. And of course, he's got the pace as well. Mm. He does have quite high agility and reactions, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, the agility and balance as well, especially with my centre-backs, I like to be agile, both off the ball, I suppose when using the run and jockey, and also when you try to carry the ball going forward. I like to always use it, especially when people are pressing quite highly. I like to kind of manoeuvre into these tight spots. So the agility and balance mm. is very important for me. Do you also use, I feel like I've seen in one of your guides, you actually often don't jockey when defending. Um, and I guess if you're not jockeying particularly, I bet agility is, is pretty helpful there. Normally I always run back, but if there's a chance for me to either intercept the ball or there's a chance for me to win the ball, I'm always using the run and jockey. Mm. And uh, the problem is I find that if someone's quite clunky or quite tall, if you move, let's say your opponent moves to the left and then you try to catch up to him, if he moves away, I find that players that are much more clunkier, they take longer to do that. So that's why I prefer the high agility balance. And sometimes also I let go of the run and jockey um, if, for example, the player is further away. But generally as a rule of thumb, if someone is close by, I'm always holding the run and jockey. So only if, for example, I have time to manoeuvre or that player is far away. And actually, uh, to both Japes and Hugh, talking of personnel, there's a player that uh, you both said you've done and I've done and I imagine lots of people out there may have done because he just made sense to put dupes into right the Koku I want to say Turkish midfielder in the Eredivisie um, and Japes you've been using him as a sub if people haven't done him um, then definitely strong recommendation to go out and, and give him a go yeah using him as a sub and he's like I have some cards that I bring on every match regardless of kind of like how the match is going or if they're needed and he's become one of those cards for me and so much so that right now the current idea is toying around with like can i squeeze him in on seven or eight cam and use him in my midfield because he's just a really really fantastic card i i haven't i can't say i've used many cards that feel quite like his this year yeah. so i'm i'm eager to get him a bit more game time because he's he's really fantastic yeah for those who don't know five star weak foot three star skills but he's also got 89 aggression 98 stamina uh, 92 short passing at long passing he's got a uh, good pace 90 shot power and long shots um and you know dribbling stats are all around 90 as well so yeah really fantastic right let's move on to talking a bit about the kind of tactics we've been using recently. I think all of us are probably quite set on what we're doing at this point, although um, I know a few people have been asking about the 3-5-2 versus the 3-4-1-2, and that's something that I think both Neil, yourself, and uh, Japes will know about and could probably give us a bit of insight on. In terms of the 3-4-1-2, Japes, you probably mentioned this before. What made you go for that over the 3-5-2? Because I know you were using that for a bit as well. I think the biggest difference between the two off the top is like real men play a 3-4-1-2. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, I, I initially switched because I felt the 3-5-2, I didn't like the spacing between the DMs and the attacking mid. Mm. But more importantly, I felt the 3-5-2 was particularly susceptible to a 4-4-2. Mm. system and it's because I didn't think the midfielders matched up nicely and I wanted the two CMs to be playing higher. I felt like the, the two DMs were sitting way too deep for the way I like to defend mm. and so I wanted them to stay higher and that's why I initially made the switch. Now I can say easily it is definitely more attacking. I feel like the AI runs attacking wise are more unique um, and perhaps like at least more clever to my eye. And one of the things with formations in FIFA that people have to remember is like there are a lot of people that will say this formation's good, this formation's bad. 
one of the biggest like difference makers or like reasons you'll up, end up enjoying a formation is like, do the AI movements match where you look for passes or how you like to play? And for me, the way the three four one two attacks, it's just fundamentally better than a three five two for my eye. And defensively, I didn't really find that I lost much with it. Mm. In fact, I found the CMs were more aggressive and in better positions to intercept passes that were trying to break my line. So like I, I didn't feel like that was a a massive trade-off. And like I like playing ultra attacking formations this year. Like the game is really, really fun when you do it. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. And what about you, Neil, in terms of the three five two? I guess people often do think of it as the more solid three at the back in terms of defense, right? Yes, I, I would say, as Jape said, um, the three four one two, and even I like to use it, is because it's quite aggressive, especially if you lose the ball, you know, to press manually as soon as you lose the ball. But I found what a lot of players struggle with the three, uh, three five two and the three four one two is the fact there's three defenders as opposed mm. to the, the back four, especially if someone used like four players on stay forward. Uh, so the benefit of the CDMs is, I think there's two things. Number one is to cut the passing lanes on the instructions on the CDM, which make a big, big difference. Uh, you can kind of lazily get away with defending uh, because they're naturally positioned in better places. Um, because they sit a bit deeper as well, you can also run back with the CDM. So if, for example, you get counter-attacked, you can select CDM and he's already a bit more further back compared to center mid, which is a bit higher. So a lot of players would normally prefer, so I would say, try them both. But I think, but obviously, AJ has been such a high-skilled player as well. Um, for him, it would be actually beneficial to have like a higher off the pitch. But if you struggle, I would say maybe consider using a 3-5-2. But he is right. Uh, when you go forward, especially when I use a 3-5-2 and I rotate the ball, and let's say my opponent is parking the bus, dropping back, when I rotate the ball from the wing back to the middle, I do find the center mids being higher up are much better because then you can pass the ball to them and do a first-time pass of the striker. So they have equal benefits. I would just say the 3-5-2 is the more defensive variation compared to the 3-4-1-2. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Hugh, have you got anything to add on three at the back variants and what has been your kind of go-to this cycle, whether it's perhaps changed since last year? Because I know you used three at the backs quite a bit then too. Yeah, I definitely still use the three four two one as one of my main tactics. Yeah, I can't say I've noticed too much of a difference between three four one two and three five two, especially if you used like all the same instructions and all the same like in-game tactics and things like that. But I think that Typically, if you're someone who would switch from 3-5-2 to the 3-4-1-2, like you're making that choice to be more aggressive. So you're probably going to use more aggressive tactics and instructions too. So you probably notice it maybe even more from that than just like the formation itself. I'm sure there are some like smaller differences, you know, regardless of the tactics, but I don't think it's like a huge difference personally, but mm. maybe people feel differently. Yeah, that is interesting. And it'd be good to know as well, from um, both of you, which are always interesting to talk to people who play through at the back, because you know I, I use uh, the three, four, one, two actually myself, um, particularly against narrow formations. But I guess I would use it more. But I know that I'm not particularly strong in a three at the back defending against people playing sort of four, four, two variants. Are there any particular things that you, Japes and Neil, maybe Japes first, would recommend people do to get better at defending against people who maybe even play like four up front almost um do you just have to kind of wing it and hope you can get yourself out of a, a tricky defensive situation james when people play that type of system you got to be a little bit of a gambling man mm. and what i mean is like i try to bait passes like I, I will make it look like i'm 
actively trying to do one thing and expecting another. And if I if I gamble wrong and they don't make that pass, then oftentimes they get a one-on-one with my keeper. Yeah. Which like good players might wait that touch longer to make a decision and realize they have a little bit more time. I would say like average to like above average players often just like, oh, the defense made a move. I'm going to react super quickly and try to make this pass. And at that point, I've, I've got you, yeah. right? Like I, I've baited you into that, into what I wanted to do. And I know I can make a tackle and get tight to the defender while the rest, or tight to the attacker while the rest of my team recovers, if not take it away. So it just becomes like a, like any formation, you start to get reps doing the same thing kind of over and over and over again and you get a feel for what you can and can't get away with Mm -hmm. and it it just is one of those things that kind of like comes with time a little bit but i i would say like you really have to like it's heavy manual formation and you really if you want to improve at that you need to be willing to gamble a little bit and be okay having games or matches that are seven five seven six yeah where you're scoring a lot, but you're also giving up a lot of goals. Yeah, yeah. Because I think it's fair to say, isn't it, Neil, that when you're playing against someone playing a 4-4-2 in, say, a 3-5-2 or 3-4-1-2, you should have an advantage or a big advantage going forward because you have the two strikers and you have a cam behind who kind of works in that space that isn't covered very well in that that setup. When you're playing 3-5-2 or 3-4-1-2, and then the key things is you have two strikers and a cam, and you have the left mid and right mid, and you have the two CDMs. A lot of people, when they play the 4 2 3 1, they always want, for example, an extra striker. Or when, when they play the 4 4 2, they want the cam. So the 3 5 2, they offer that going forward. But of course, when you do that, it means that one of your back has to come out and make the extra man in midfield. So what I would say is if someone is playing a 4 4 2, and let's say you're up against them, and they're kind of snuffing you out and thinking, oh, you know what, this player is using three players at the back, I'm going to use a four striker, stay forward. I would say always have a backup formation to change to. Normally, I would kind of see it out for a couple of times, see kind of handle the counterattacks. And let's say for example, from a versus like a top tier pro player, they know what they're doing. They're already triggering players before they even get the ball to the striker. Then I change formation. So I would normally use the 3-5-2 up until I think, okay, you know what? This guy knows what he's doing. He's kind of trying to counteract me. That's the way I kind of go by. So I would only change or even if I was winning, let's say I was winning 2-0 if I was using a 3-5-2, if I kind of realize my opponent's making some changes, I may change it out because I find that sometimes against a 4-4-2 with constant pressure, you could be really caught in trouble, especially if you lose the ball in the midfield area and sometimes people find the attackers are too far away. So that could also, as James was saying with the 3-4-1-2, three, the centimeters being a bit more further ahead. So that could be a thing. So I normally just use it if I'm winning and let's say if I find my opponent's being a bit smart, I normally change to a four at the back or go to a four, two, three, one. Hmm, that makes sense. And actually, this question should lead on nicely from talking about these formations. Caleb says, on an old podcast, you discussed putting players into a system and using players that fit a system as opposed to just squeezing your best players into a team. It seems like a great way to find something that works across multiple patches and multiple FIFAs and would actually allow for improvement in my gameplay over time. Problem is, I don't know where to start. I'm pretty new to watching the sport four years or so, and only played when I was rather young. How does one go about building a system um, that works for them, and how do you know what players fit and which ones don't? Hugh, let's come to you, because I think it'd be interesting to know, you know, when you're building a system, 
or thinking about what system you would like to play, is there a particular system that you think every year, right, this is what I'm going to go to because this is how I like to play? And how do you kind of work that out? Is it looking at real life football tactics or is it just trying lots of different things? Like how do you come to something um, that you feel is going to be something you'd stick with and keep coming back to? Yeah, I definitely think that basing something on like a real life system that I enjoy is, is a lot of fun. I think most of the time I just find a player or two that I think seem like they'd be really fun to use in game and then just find a system that gets the best out of those players and then just kind of filling in the gaps with whatever makes the system work. So maybe I find like that um, Kuchiku card, the the one we were just talking about from the Eredivisie, I'm like, and I think, oh, he'd be really good attacking box-to-box midfielder. So if you're doing that, you probably want to play like a 4-3-3 type thing like a or a 4-1-4-1, something along those lines. And then you think, okay, well, I have my center mid going forward, so I need a CDM behind him who's pretty responsible, can do a good job. I probably want wingers who can cut inside and then maybe a striker who could be like a target man so that the attacking CMs can play off of him and then move into the space. So it's just kind of like going from one step and then just seeing what works and then just like don't be afraid to change things if they don't work or switch out players that you might think oh well this player's so good like maybe you have like a general or something you think oh he's such a good player so i'm just gonna stick him at left mid or something but if all your left mid is doing is running up and down the line and putting in crosses you could probably just get some like you know 50k player who has good pace and crossing to do the same job Mm. so i don't think it's necessarily a thing of having the best players in general, it's just like the best for the role also for value. Like you don't need the best version even of a certain card. You can get like a tier down with some of these players, like a, like a Urente, you know, if you mm-hmm. look at his, I think it's like the road to the final version compared to the signature signings. I know we were talking about this before we started recording that you don't lose that much relative to like double the price or something like that. So Um, I think there's definitely places you can find value when you're trying to find players who just fit the system rather than being the focus of the system. Yeah, that's an interesting point. It's something that I think I've found this cycle in terms of that false nine that I've kind of tweaked across the year. That has really been something that I've actually found has helped my overall gameplay a lot in past cycles. I can't say that I've particularly had that experience where something has been so consistently good for me or i felt very comfortable in it it's felt natural and i've kept using it if you find something you enjoy in a system you enjoy early on i think developing that working on it is something that i'm going to do more often because in the past i think i wanted to try lots of different things so i just shift and change whereas now i'm sticking with that i go with that and then i have other tactics that i rotate in into the other spots um, that are less fixed and i think that's helped quite a bit i know japes actually you're a good example of someone who really doesn't go okay well i've got these players and i want to fit them into a system and do that you are someone who you know has a system that you develop and you really like and then you go from there um, but how do you kind of come upon it in the first place like what makes you think oh, i'll try this out honestly it's it's probably in response to the meta ben yeah, yeah like i get i get so sick of playing against the same boring stuff and i think to myself like okay i i want to attack i i almost always end up getting to a three back and of the last few FIFA cycles because I'm like I just want to push more cards forward I used that 4-3-3 obviously a lot previously and that was because I was like well this is I want to mirror some of my favorite teams now I I think it's more like I want to slap the meta in the face (laughs) do something that 
makes me happy. But I, I think like you can either be you can either play FIFA like a, a couple ways here. You can either say I'm a huge fan of these players. And so I want to go out and buy these players, get them into my team and find a system that works for those players where they perform well and I have fun using them. Mm. I tend to think of myself as like, I guess, a manager, right? Like I'm Pep Guardiola in my own like FIFA world, in my own dream here. And I'm, I've got a checkbook where I get to bring in players that I think are going to fit the system and the tactics and the way that I want to play. So mm. I go out and I try to find those players and like bring them in and have them play well together in the system that I want to play. And that's just a different style approach to the game. So if you're taking that approach, like as a manager, your your tactics and your beliefs about what is good versus what your opponents are doing can evolve and they should evolve. And the types of players that you're going to want or, and need will evolve with it. But you can also have just as much fun playing FIFA and saying, gosh, I really want to use that, you know, as he was talking about that Kokchu card. He's my favorite player. I think it's a really cool card. I really want to use him. Let me think about his strengths. What kind of car, what kind of players is he going to need to surround him to make him kind of like a catalyst or focal point yeah. in my team? Yeah, no, that's a really good answer. And Neil, it'll be interesting to hear from you as well, because I think for you, it's slightly different again, because you're creating content around formations and tactics. And I guess the pressure there is to create something that's very, very effective, right? That's what people are, are looking for. So how do you go out and find that thing that is effective? So I would say, as Jape said as well, look, if you have a player like, I used to, one of my favorite players, Davia, and last was it the year before last year he came out and he never had a five-star week foot but i still forced him into my team because he was my favorite player so i think if you want to enjoy fifa just use the players that you want to use or the ones that you support in real life like that if you want to for example delve down i want to win as much possible then you'd probably delve down towards the meta i would say hmm. generally don't look at the rating of the player look at the in-game stats because a lot of players they think an 89 rated player must be better than 84 rated player but it really also comes down to in-game stats. But for example, on my YouTube channel, I make meta squad builders and a lot of those players are high agility and balance. But let's say, for example, if you cross the ball in, that team won't be very, very effective. So what I generally say is try to get a team that has a bit of everything. I would say people do, do SBCs if you play ultimate team. Try not to force a player in. So let's say, for example, I pack Socrates, right? Um, he's a good player, a very, very good player, but he hasn't got the agility and balance in my gameplay. I don't force him in just because he's better than some of the players that I have. So I would just say it depends. If you're going towards the meta, you want one that lasts kind of throughout the game. And I would say mainly go towards like what players have got a good agility and balance pace. But if you want to have fun or let's say you want to play your own style, then I would say try to have a mix and have like, if you play a tall strike or you like to have Harry Kane up front, then go ahead. But I would just say it depends. If you try to have some players like that, they get the job done. But would it help you in the long run of getting wins? So it's kind of like a personal preference is what I would say in terms of that. I don't know. I'm thinking back to when I created content like heavily. And I my approach to the game like changed and evolved and it made me less happy like in the, in the long term because I found myself like trying to do things or play a certain way that I thought the viewers would like or like want to see and it's hard it's really really hard to take a game like this and think i suppose like creatively of like this is the and like stick with an idea like if you wanted to play a 424 maybe that's not the best example because you can get away with that but if you decided you wanted to create a 424 system that worked 
it would take you a long time to figure that out. Not you specifically, Neil, but like baseline. Like I, I talked about toying around with the 4334 for a while and I couldn't quite get it to do what I wanted to. I couldn't quite get it to work the way I wanted it to work for the, the belief that I had in the system. And it's so much easier, I think, to be told, yeah, these tactics work, the style of play works, this player's good. Because I think like at the core, it's easy for us to talk you know, about gameplay, but like at the core, the vast majority of players are like into the rewards. Like they're playing the game for the rewards, right? They're not playing the game because it's fun. And so I think it like stifles, I suppose, like gameplay creativity mm. long-term. Well, yeah, because you have that sort of experimental phase if you're creating a tactic where you're inevitably not going to do so well and you'll miss out on rewards as a result. So people don't want to take that risk, do they? Ben, and it's something we've talked about. Like at the, you always ask me at the start of the game or game cycle, you ask me the same question every year. <laughs> and you're like, what, what players are you going to go for? And I'm always like, well, Ben. And the, the answer never changes. Like I, I go out and I aim to pick up ultra versatile players, mm. right? Like I, I always highlight Lothar Mateus's CB card is a good one or like Goretzka is a really good one. Like players that just have incredibly well-rounded stats that if I want to play, like Goretzka, if I want to play him as an attacking mid, a CM, a CDM, an outside mid, I can do that. You can also take that approach too while you're trying to figure out a system that works for you. Let's hmm. get a handful of like ultra versatile players that you like and start to like tinker around with how they fit into the system. And you, you might find like, oh, I could really use a little bit more pace in this position or... Ooh, I get trapped when opponents press me here. This guy needs to have really, really good dribbling to get me out of trouble. So it's a lot of trial and error. Mm. And discovery can be painful. Yeah, that's true. And one thing I'd also say, you know, just aside from the pain, the enjoyment of building something yourself and it working is just obviously one of the, well, for me, one of the most satisfying things in the game, I think. But also I would say that what you maybe do need to think about and I guess what Caleb was also asking is, you know, what is the very start of this whole process? You know, what is the thing that I'm going to look towards or what is going to be my end goal or what do I want to achieve? And I guess for me, it's always been scoring goals that I really like. That is for me, one of the reasons why I play the game It's a big reason is I enjoy scoring nice goals. The way that I found certainly this year, and it's been effective, not just fun, but the false nine formation that I have been developing, it actually does work really well in terms of the two things that I like to do, which is, you know, create like sweeping passing moves and also uh, do skill runs. And both those things it works really well for. So if you want to maybe think about the two things that you most like watching in a football team or the parts of FIFA that you enjoy doing the most, then I would say that that is probably the best starting point. Scoring goals and getting <laughs> packs. <laughs> well, yeah. Perhaps, but I think if you're going to take this approach of wanting to score goals you like scoring or play a system that you enjoy to do the things in terms of gameplay that you enjoy, whether it's going against the meta, whether it's uh, scoring particular types of goals, then your focus can't be on the packs, but they will come anyway, right? They will. They're much more satisfying uh, packs when earned a way you enjoy. Um, but let's take a break. We'll be back for more gameplay tips in just a second. Hello, listener. If you enjoy the Foot Weekly Gameplay podcast, then 
you might be excited to know that there is one every week and it alternates between being on the main feed and the supportive feed. So if you fancy supporting the pod, it's just £3 a month and you get double the podcast every week. And it's a really good time to join because there's a 24,000 FIFA point giveaway going on just for supporters over on the Patreon. So if that interests you, that's double podcast, supporting the podcast, entering that giveaway to potentially win back plenty more than you're putting in, then just have a little Google for support for weekly. That's support for weekly or for weekly patron. And in fact, if you want to go straight to that giveaway, you can just type in bit.ly slash pod spring 22. So that's bit.ly slash pod spring 22. Thank you to all the supporters out there keeping the podcast going. It allows me to put in the time to foot weekly and the foot weekly community that it deserves. Right. Let's get back into part two. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. So just to start part two, we could bring together two things we spoke about in the first part, which is midfielders and also uh, coming up with tactics. Because Neil here is asking, is it possible to play effectively at the higher levels without an out-and-out DM? I have a lot of good midfielders in my club that should really be in my team, but I also feel like I'm lacking something when I use Team of the Year Jorginho or Road to the Knockout stage Frankie de Jong as a stay-back DM. It's nice to have the passing and dribbling, but I feel a physical presence is lacking. Is there any tactic that you recommend to mitigate this? And it is an interesting point because obviously people tend to have those untradeable players that they want to use. But as we've been talking about, that's perhaps not always the best idea. But if you do want to involve those two players who perhaps don't have the best work rates, physicality, actually defensive awareness to what would the best way to involve those two players in a team be with just two in midfield and without holding midfielder and how important is that holding midfielder role in a team uh, Neil do you want to start us off so in, in terms of the, the the second part any tactics I try to go to a formation that's got a CDM role just because they sit a bit deeper and then have the cut passing lanes instruction so if I if it had to be a tactic I mean that's the way that I'll do it so instead of a 4-4-2 if you struggle a bit defensively you go with a 4-4-2 second variation the one with two CDMs um, in terms of the players, I don't really f- concentrate too much on physical presence. Most of my midfielders are very, very short anyway. Um, but I, I'll be honest, I prioritize pace because I find a lot of the time I'm running back with my CDMs or covering space or applying pressure. So does it can take help in your team? Yes, it does. I think especially as well after, I think last year when they made changes. So the medium high work rates, they really do make a difference now in CDM. Um, but I would say if you can just sometimes compromise okay you know what i've got a bit more pace then you have more time to kind of recover so that's the kind of the way that i do it so sometimes i have like one cdm but i play with Cancelo and hakimi both of them the team of the year to be fair but they're not the really the best of natural positions but because they're so fast i'm able to recover back with them similar lorente so that's something that i would kind of suggest the way what neil's describing to me is like a wrecking ball style midfield and mm. basically you want players that you can manually bomb all over the pitch with and not rely on, you know, what might be like defensive stats or positioning or that sort of thing. And you just want them to bomb everywhere and create chaos. Mm. And it works very well. To me, it feels important to always have one wrecking ball style player 
in your midfield this year that you could just manually and aggressively press with at all times. Mm. You can definitely do it with two players as well. Like I would say my current setup with Valverde and Llorente is like pretty, that's basically what that is. Like I'm trying to run around and create chaos. When I get to like a higher level, they don't seem to have that like it factor to function in more than just a, I'm going to just sprint at people and try to get them to mess up. Hakimi and Cancelo are obviously very different, though. I do wonder, though, whether with certainly Lorente, it's as much a case of him being sort of behind the curve as it is him not being the right type of player. But also his work rates do cause an issue, I think, if you have someone high medium, but who has the stats of someone who's more of a defensive midfield player, that can be an issue. If you're looking at Hakimi and Cancelo team of the year in midfield, then that's perfect for charging around and winning the ball back and they're technically amazing so great going forward can put loads of pressure on i think what the question is more about is that dm type player who has that high defensive awareness high defensive work rate medium attacking which is quite rare in a midfield three i think it is really helpful to have that player in there especially if they're good technically on the ball and they can act as a pivot but if you're playing a two-man midfield like your three four one two japes you do kind of need both to be pretty good at everything, even though maybe one is more defensively focused because it's so hard to have them have set roles when there are just two. Still, my favorite midfielder that I've used in that system has been that signature signings, Luka Modric, or Winter Wildcards. I don't remember which one he was. I think mm. Those promos to me just blend together. That card was like truly, truly special or felt truly special in that system. And I mean, he has like when you put a shadow on him, he's got 99 interceptions and 99 standing tackle. Mm. But like, I think the difference is like if you want to play like that true like wrecking ball, wrecking ball style, you want somebody that's got insanely high aggression as well because it does make a difference. Yeah, no, that is actually a very good point. Aggression is so important. And Hugh, we've maybe drifted around this question a little bit, but just to kind of be more specific about it, if someone has a lot of very good box to box type midfielders maybe they're both high attacking work rate medium defensive so not really suited to a pivot role i guess this maybe comes back to the question of like you should focus on what formation you want to play and what system you want to play and then actually well go out and buy yourself a proper defensive midfielder to go with those two box to box players or if you really want to play with two box to box players I guess, you know, something like the 4-4-2, things like that, right? You could you could do that. Yeah, I would say that you don't really need a true DM, but I would, if you don't have a true DM, I would just keep multiple center mid type players on stay back instruction. So like I was using the 3-4-2-1 with foot birthday, Tony Cruz and moments, Schweinsteiger as the CMs. They were both on stay back, but stay back is more just what you want the AI to do with your players. So I don't want the AI moving my center mids forward and leaving me exposed. But if I pass the ball to them, I can still like run with the ball. I can still manually trigger runs. I just don't want the AI deciding when I'm like in on goal to send a center mid bombing forward and then I lose the ball and then now I'm getting countered. So hmm. especially with those instructions, even if it's a more attacking player, just because you have them on stay back while attacking doesn't mean that they're like not going to be involved in the attack because they're still there. They can still receive passes and make runs and things like that. So I would just, if you have like a flat midfield, I would just have them both on stay back while attacking. If you don't have them on stay back while attacking, at least do stay on the edge of box for cross because that way when the ball goes wide, if you cross it and then they win the header, then you're really exposed if they make that run into the box. So 
Um, if you play like a 4-3-3 and you have the DM who stays back, then you can have them getting forward more. But if not, I would just set it to stay back and then manually, you know, get them involved yourself. It feels a little more stable to me. Yeah, I would say, I don't know. I do like the high defensive medium attacking work rates if you've got a midfield pivot. But I agree that the player's stats don't necessarily have to match the defensive midfield role perfectly, especially with chem styles. You know, things like uh, powerhouse, sentinel, do a really big boost to defensive stats and especially defensive awareness, which I definitely think is key, right? Yeah, absolutely. So they're, you know, at least good enough in that role. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Just to uh, wrap up this podcast, and it is foot birthday at the moment, and we've asked this question before, and especially at foot birthday, it's a nice time to ask it um, as we celebrate foot's anniversary. Um, Hav was asking, you can choose any player from a past FIFA to bring back into your current squad to plug a gap. What card do you pick and why, Japes? I actually don't think we've asked you this before, so go on. Yeah, this is easy. Team of the year, Joshua Kimmich, every time. What position can he play? Every single one. Mm. Where do I want him to play? And every single one. (laughs) So Yeah, well, actually, especially as you were saying, you need a left center mid. I mean, ideal. That's perfect. Be great. One Joshua Kimmich, please. And if you can make that happen by the time we have the next pod, I would very much appreciate that. I'll slide into Jamie's DMs again, see what I can do. That's right. Um, what about you, Hugh? Who would you go for? Yeah, I would probably go with that um, foot birthday Griezmann from a couple of years ago. I thought, mm-hmm. um, like, obviously we just got the flashback, but that one was just, like, next level good. And I don't really have a gap in my squad, but he can just go in for the flashback because the flashback's not as good. So. Flashback is good. Time out. What the heck, Hugh? He's good, but he's not foot birthday Griezmann good. That card was elite. Uh, we'll agree to disagree <laughs> on that one. Wait, you think he's better? But didn't the foot birthday Griezmann have five-star week foot? Yeah, I believe yeah, so. Yeah, he did. I mean, he, the, the birthday Griezmann's definitely better, but this one is still... Mm. He, he's got a little something-something going on here. Yeah, he definitely does. But I think Hughes may be a bit spoiled for choices. His team's very, very strong compared to your xbox reboot um but still yeah a good suggestion uh, the birthday version was a was a real moment to play against and neil who would you go for in terms of a play you want to slot into your team now from a past fifa i would say summer heat mendy the 93 version of fifa 20 oh, i used to yeah. love that card i played him ridiculous. as james i played him anywhere he wasn't the best of shooting but when you put a chemistry style i think you put a sniper back in those you used to get plus 15 uh for the finishing and you used to get plus five composure i believe so I used to love that Mendy card. Literally, I used to play him anywhere. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's funny, actually. I was going to mention a versatile uh, defender myself, but actually a centre-back, which maybe isn't so common. The Foot 19 future stars, Edna Militao, and also his team of the season, both ridiculously good. Just big cantes, basically, when you put them into defensive midfield. That's kind of what I could do with it at the moment, although his shooting was just awful and his passing on his weak foot wasn't great either. Um, he was a great centre-back and also great at full-back, well, on the right side anyway. Um, so someone that I would like to bring back. And if listeners have any suggestions for their own, then uh, do get those in. Always interested uh, to see them on that, though. I think we'll wrap up and uh, we can say our goodbyes. It's been great, first of all, Neil, to have you on the podcast. I know you're working on a video at the moment, which should be out soon on player switching and potentially why people should change their setting. Um, So that'll be interesting. But yeah, thank you very much, Neil, for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. As usual, all social medias, Neil Guy, that's N-E-A-L, Guy's YouTube, Patreon. Nice. All above. Great. And to Hugh as well, it's been great to have you on the pod. I know you've been doing 
a lot recently around the tactic bank there are lots of tactics going in there and um, for people to check out in the supporter discord yeah um lots going on with the tactics bank a lot of good submissions from people over the discord so definitely check that out if you haven't yet um can reach me on twitter who bear h00 bear dm me if you have any questions happy to help nice and of course to japes as well always great to have you on the pod um it's been a good one yeah this has been a fun one uh always nice to talk tactics with this crew mm. very much enjoyed it and looking forward to the next indeed and hopefully you'll be joining us for that one too listener which you can find on your podcast providing platforms or of course if it's the supporter gameplay episode next week you're interested in then do head over and support it's a great time because of that twenty four thousand fifa point giveaway it's just three pounds a month to sign up for double the podcast content you can search support foot weekly you can follow the link in the description of this podcast or go to bit.ly slash pod spring 22 thank you very much if you do consider doing that and a big thank you to all those supporters keeping the podcast going and those icon patrons dave b coach vass dougie chris w dj fifa player hugh j steve c david s matt l george alistair alan g anthony r dominic rob p pobius l jeff b christopher r stephen f michael tom b damon h nick jack m eric t roger d alex m dan w sila p matt h harry p neil p adam g at Pace of a Tortoise, Brian S, Andrew C, Jake G, Michael P, Springford, Zach O, Dominic G, Ruben D, Kraus, Adam R, Andy H, Mikhail L, Orion B, Mindle L, and Tim J. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today. Because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA is a bit like life really. It has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you on the next podcast. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.